Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. It is a week after our big 250th episode special, Janine, and I'm quite excited to immediately be getting in to a movie that I really found myself falling in love with wow. while it. It has <laughs> to be said. Sometimes, well, reasonably often, but just, you know, sometimes there will be those special kind of movies on Morgan hasn't seen, I think, in particular, that just kind of hit me in a particularly special way. And for some reason, I think this movie we're talking about today was one of that of those you know maybe 10 15 or so movies over the course of the entire show's history maybe even less than that that have really kind of hit some part of me yeah and really quite strongly mm-hmm. and i feel like we're dealing with one of those on today's show we're back in our old Hollywood meets new series, of course, that took eh, a little half break last week for our yeah. big milestone episode. The person we're dealing with this week is definitely, and it's a wonderful podcast favourite, Janine. Who is that? What are these movies? Why this person? So this week is Burt Lancaster week. So of course we're talking him in this movie, Field of Dreams. And then Friday we'll be talking about, sorry, wrong number. Uh, Burt Lancaster is somebody who has appeared several times on It's a Wonderful Podcast. Uh, And we absolutely adore him. He's been in some great films. I think everything we've seen him in has been uh, a favorite. So uh, when I I think the first time, like this movie definitely has its whole kind of pop culture thing. Like even if you hadn't seen this movie, you know the premise essentially. You know the if you build it line. Um, Well, I thought I did. I thought I knew the premise. I want to get into that uh, just after you uh, finish your point at the moment. Yes. I mean, generally, I think people think they know the premise and know, of course, that famous line. So it was very much ingrained in pop culture. But I, for myself, actually hadn't seen this movie um, until just a few years ago. It was the first time I actually watched it. And I don't think I realized that Burt Lancaster was in it. So when I pitched the series and was looking for older actors or, or classic film actors in, in you know more modern films later in their careers, I thought about Burt Lancaster and, and was looking through his filmography and saw Field of Dreams. And I was like, wait, what? So to realize that he was in this movie, I got really excited to rewatch it and see him, um, you know, older years, Burt Lancaster, because we have been covering quite a few of his films on the It's a Wonderful Podcast Friday show. So, yeah, I thought he would be a great one to cover because he's just become uh, a staple actor that we've discussed on the main show. So, uh, yeah. And I know you've kind of become, over the years, a a solid, you know, somewhat baseball fan. And uh, this is a really big popular movie. And I I love when we can do that on the show, exposing you to those kind of big 
pop culture noteworthy movies that you haven't seen. So this definitely fit several criteria um, in terms of this series and what we do on this show and um, celebrating, you know, classic films, even though that's what we do in the other show. But generally, we love to do that here. So, yeah. yeah. We're, Checked we're, all the boxes. Bringing, <laughs> it does. We're bringing the shows together yes. through this series that we're, yeah. we're on at the moment. Um, you are right, though. This is a very notable movie that I haven't seen. L literally last week on the 250th, we spent um, talking about a bucket list of very notable movies from throughout the, the last four decades that I haven't seen. Yeah. And, and why I haven't seen them, what I wanted to see. And look, this is a big name movie. And I just think there's a perfectly reasonable reason why I haven't seen this movie. Is that I didn't grow up in an American household. Yeah. And I think that's why I've not seen this movie. Because this is such an intrinsically American, American movie. movie yes the american the great american pastime and there you is know nothing more american than this movie yeah. or this movie embodies everything that i think america is, is likes about itself yeah you know and it's to an extent true and yes okay there's plenty of magic and fantasy and and, and ghosts in this movie and other such things like that. But the ideas here, that the themes you're playing around with, are so almost at times painfully American for me to watch that yeah. I just can't. I, I'm, I'm so grateful I was able to, or at least the, or, or the movie dragged me into its own sentiment because yeah. I would have hated to watch this movie had I not been maybe in, you know in a good mood that day if i'd have had a like a a, a rough day or, or i was in i was feeling quite down on the world you, you need to watch this movie i think if you're in reasonably good spirits because i think it just really lifts those up yeah. and don't allow yourself any sort of cynicism even with its obvious you know fantasy that is in there this is a fantasy movie of course it is but i uh i found myself just really really loving field of dreams and as far as burt lancaster goes i mean obviously we are big burt lancaster fans on on it's a wonderful podcast i remember the first movie we did on the main show with Burt Lancaster in, which um, <laughs> has always been known as one of the most It's a Wonderful Podcast movies yes. ever, whatever that may mean to you. That was separate tables. Tables, yes. <laughs> um, but he has very much become a, a, a favourite of mine, a favourite of the show. He's so unbelievably charismatic when he's on screen and that does not go away in the late 80s either yeah. i think that continues in his scenes in this movie and okay he's not the lead of this movie he's not no. even the major supporting character in this movie but he is such an integral part yeah. of what this movie is trying to say what this movie is trying to 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 portray and 
everything surrounding the, the idea of the second chances, the 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 look, the lost at, dreams, and the regrets, the lost dreams that the, yeah. the 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 past lives you you know you may have lived, the closure surrounding this movie. Yeah. He is he embodies all of that um, so perfectly in his character that he's playing in Field of Dreams, but. You are also right in saying that I have become a, a, a baseball fan. And I have. That is that is very true. Now, obviously, baseball is not particularly big in, in the no. UK, in Britain. Um, probably becoming slightly more so, like, you know, most sports from other shores are. But I did find myself, while watching this that there are there is a way to make a British version of Field of Dreams. Obviously, you'd have it be about football, soccer. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, I found myself kind of questioning whether it would actually work in the same sort of way. You certainly couldn't have it be quite this pure that Field of Dreams is. I mean, Field of Dreams is so idyllic. Yes, and, sentimental and door of heart. Yeah, and I you I don't think you could have something like that in the UK. It would need to like any sort of heart it have. It it would have it would have would be the crux of the movie. Yeah, like this movie just starts with heart, gets even heartier, and continues <laughs> with heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And a British version of something like this centred around... I was thinking, for example, obviously I'm a, I'm a Manchester United fan and, and the 1958 Munich Air tragedy when we lost players in a plane crash, basically. And it's it was always said that uh, a player called Duncan Edwards was one of the great died at the age of 21 in this in this crash in this disaster was always said by his peers that survived how phenomenal a football player he was like the greatest possible player and and obviously very very few people saw him we have precious little footage of him because he played in the mid 50s yeah. Um that you can't quite get that picture, you know, the full picture of him. You just have images and testaments of him, basically, to embody this legend. And we're dealing with a similar kind of thing here with, with shoeless Joe Jackson, who Ray Liotta plays in this movie. You, yeah. you have this mythology surrounding him that characters get really taken up with. And I feel like that's the same with somebody like Duncan Edwards in football. So you could have, you know, a British version of this where you'd build a football pitch in the, in the middle of a field somewhere and the ghost of, of Duncan Edwards would come back and play some games with his fellow fallen men of the Munich air disaster, you know, and something yeah. like that. It would be very, very similar. Okay. Um, 
I've, so I found myself kind of just thinking about that while watching this movie because I just really like this idea. I love this idea of whether it's getting a second chance, but it's not even getting a second chance within your life. It's spiritually getting a second chance. And I feel like I like that even more yeah. than actually getting a second chance because it just feels a bit deeper. It feels a bit yeah. more emotional. <clears throat> and it's um, an endless and it's an endless thing. It's like they get to live this way forever. You know, they get to live in the, their dream for the rest of their kind of eternal existence yeah which is is such a is such a lovely thought i mean yeah. it really did bring a tear to my eye particularly at the end because we also deal with some kind of father-son strife in this and not quite yeah understanding seeing your parents in different ways and and you know the whole father-son relationship kind of issues that come about um so yeah there's a lot of great themes happening that really tug on your heartstrings so um definitely packs an emotional punch this movie for sure it, it does but in a in a great way in uh -huh. a way that just is really not sad or, or upsetting or bleak at all just in such a a, a joyous kind of sweet way that you can't help get emotional about it. Sports movies tend to have yeah. this tendency. Whether, whether you want to call this a sports movie in, a, in, in truth, because it, it's not about a, a, a team building and then going to win a game or something like that it, it's it's more about the mythology behind why people are so interested in a particular sport and i think when you have something like baseball in particular it it's probably i think i think baseball and football as, as i would call it not american football are yeah. the most mythologized sports yeah like with with the with legends behind them and real sort of this almost live living on a different spiritual plane when you're thinking about them in nostalgic terms i think yeah. they just are elevated more so than than any other sport and perhaps that's just because i particularly like them yeah i mean for me as somebody who's not inherently into sports um you know th there there's a, a slight bit of alienation i feel or benefit that i might not be getting from this film that somebody else who loves baseball could get out of it but i feel like the themes are strong enough the performances are strong enough the storytelling is strong enough um telling it through this kind of magical fantastical event um you know i can still find the really hopeful special things that this story is trying to tell me so yeah there are, were definitely moments where i feel like because maybe i'm not you know a baseball fan like that um you know i'm not going to get everything that this movie is giving like somebody else would but i'm still getting a lot so yeah it's 
it's very hard to describe that that personal feeling to to somebody that kind of that doesn't have it and it's not your yeah. fault you don't have it you're just not <laughs> into the sport like other yeah. people yeah but it it's very it's very indescribable really yeah but yeah. if it's almost like if you if you know it you know it and i know yeah. that's a, a kind of a, a cop-out way of thinking about it and a cop-out way of describing it but it really it's the it's the best way i can think of yes and generally like i said i hadn't seen this movie in a few years and i had only seen it for the first time a few years ago so um going into it you know i just already have this preconceived idea of this film being very serious and uh kind of deep and and so when it opened with kevin costner kind of giving this comical narration going through like the history of his life um I was pleasantly surprised because I kind of forgot that that's how you know we're introduced to him talking about you know growing up with his dad and peppering in kind of these little jokes and uh, talking about how he met his wife and that they were kind of like hippies and <laughs> smoked some grass yeah. and all this kind of stuff and that they were kind of free thinkers and um, that also kind of added to the divide between him and his father and um, but he grew up loving baseball because his father loved baseball and um, and then deciding to buy a farm and having a baby and uh, even, you know, talking about building his family and kind of being jokey about that. You know, she smelled funny, but we decided to keep her. And so it was just very much immediately through this kind of silly narration, this natural, uh, you know, kind of regular guy ability that Kevin Costner has about him uh, really are immediately warmed you to him before you even kind of see him. Um, cause you're just kind of getting to know him through his words and these kind of pictures and images. So, uh, I, I liked this way of endearing us to him immediately and, and getting this kind of warm welcome to his character with him just kind of narrating his life up to the point that we actually see him. I do definitely want to, want to spend a bit of time talking about <laughs> Kevin Costner because I don't think we, I don't think we have spoke about Kevin Costner. No. On this show I, i'm not sure we have i don't and think we've ever done no a kevin costner film he he is very he's very singular i think as an actor he's one on his own and in in his own unique way and i really really do like that about him i was i was going to say something else but now my mind has been completely taken over with Kevin Costner. <laughs> well, and... I mean, and, and we talked about this whole kind of all-American essence of this film, Iowa set, and, you know, farmland and rural and, you know, yeah. hometown country people and the great American pastime and all of this. So I think Kevin Costner embodies that whole essence. And I think considering he's made, what, like three or four movies about baseball, um, throughout his career, I think he was kind of the perfect person to play this character because he he is very much what you kind of think of and picture when you think of kind of like, you know, general all-American kind of vibe. So he is he he I don't even know where Kevin Costner's from exactly, but when I think of the Great Plains, I picture Kevin Costner. <laughs> I just do. I picture him strolling around 
in a pair of jeans and a coat. And it, yeah. And him just kind of being there in loads of grassy fields with some hills, perhaps, off so in the far, far distance. He's actually from California. <laughs> well, that's no good to anybody, Kevin. <laughs> I know, born in Linwood, California. <laughs> you look like you are from Iowa, and it, right? it's not it's not this movie telling me that. Do you know what movie it might be that's telling me that? That's actually kind of got a weirdly similar narration aspect that, that this movie has. Dances with Wolves, which is only like, what, a year after Field of Dreams or something like that? Like, this is real peak Kevin Costner. Yeah. But in Dances with Wolves, I remember watching that movie for the first time. I I, I really do quite like that movie it's a slightly unusual modern western but i really do quite like it i think it's very quiet and very just plodding and yeah. i appreciate living within that with well within kevin costner's world well, in that particular movie yes, with, with well, the sioux tribe i think it is that he well uh, i mean did this movie make you want to watch more Kevin Costner films? Do I need to curate a Kevin Costner series for this <laughs> show at some point? I mean, you, you could do, but I'm, I don't feel underwatched on Kevin Costner. Okay. Or on, on major Kevin Costner. I feel like this movie is definitely the big one that I had missed out from Kevin Costner, I'll be honest with you. And, yeah, he's, he's a very, I said before, he's a very singular actor. I feel like he's, he's very unique. Nobody delivers a monotone narration like Kevin Costner. How he can get away with put, seemingly putting no effort into his narration at all in this movie, and in something like Dances with Wolves, and that movie's filled yes, with narration. and you still really like him. He still came off as so likable, but yes, like you say, it's very monotone, and he's just talking, and he's not doing any kind of enunciation or anything no, like no that. No, expression. Which, no, and it, for what, somehow it, it works. Like, you really kind of like him, and you think he's kind of like this kind of, you know, a bit of a dorky guy but you really are endeared to him through this little narration even though it's very just straight straightly kind of read yeah yeah i and yeah he just he he embodies everything that this movie embodies to me just the the quiet open american space and this idyllic picturesque life in the Midwest, yeah, and um, you know, with 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 your baseball and your hot dogs and your farmhouse, and all the little struggles that you might have, but ultimately it's all about the land you live on. We are the land, and all this. Americans love talking about the land, don't they? <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. It's true. But Kevin Costner seems to embody that for me, and maybe I am picturing elements of dances with wolves maybe i'm even picturing elements of his 
version of, of Jonathan Kent in Man of Steel being a Midwest farmer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what's doing it too, for sure. Um, um, or maybe I'm picturing Yellowstone in more recent okay. years. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm not saying like you're underwatched on Costner, but did this performance make you think, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing more Kevin Costner films because I'm sure there are some gaps there. Well, there will be to a degree, yeah. But no, I whenever I do watch Kevin Costner, I'm always I always like him. I've never looked at Kevin Costner or watched a Kevin Costner movie and gone, "Ooh, who's that?" <laughs> I always do. I always do very much like him. Um, let's let's actually get into this movie okay. properly, right. though. Yes, because I really do think it's a it's a fascinating story. It's a fascinating idea. The the i the, the magic realism of it is a kind of fictional concept that I really do like anyway. Yeah. Because it it is that perfect quiet level of fantasy that is obviously so based in your reality. You you recognize everything about it, but it brings it brings out the magic. It brings a spark out. It brings a a different plane of thought and plane of existence out from within you watching it or yeah. reading it if you're reading a magic realist book or something like that that i feel like as a genre it gives it gives you more positivity towards the world and life and i know this is all deep and and what have you but this is just what <laughs> i this movie does sense. Yeah. well it's not even just what this movie does this movie certainly does do that but i'm talking about magic realism as a yeah. whole the idea of that seems to to give me this positivity and i think it's because i can look at this and go all oh, the everything here is perfectly believable perfectly regular but then you just have this one little element that's just like oh this is absolutely staggeringly fantastical yeah. yet nobody's batting an eyelid at it yes everybody's like taking it in the stride everybody's yes. going this is perfectly normal but obviously it's not this is completely out there you don't have ghosts of X discarded baseball players well, I mean, coming back. <laughs> but even before that, like the voice telling him to do this. And so then yeah. it's the steps he takes. And the fact that it like he is the only one hearing it. But I like that they build this great foundation and relationship between him and his wife that he's not afraid to tell her. Like he's not like, oh my gosh, She's I'm losing my mind. Well. I'm not going to say anything. But no, he immediately tells her, I'm hearing this voice. It's telling me to do this. And she is very kind of supportive through all of this. And once he kind of figures out specifically what it wants, you know, they end up using their savings. She supports that decision. She's behind him 100%. And even though, you know, she's not really hearing the voice, it's not really something that she fully understands but i think she knows him well enough to know that he wouldn't be so invested in this unless it was important and that's all she needs to know so i love that relationship that like it's not this whole kind of 
first 30 minutes of him trying to figure this out and building this thing and everybody, including like his wife, telling him he's crazy. I love that she's immediately 100% in with him on this, whether she fully understands it or not, because she, you know, trusts him that much. So I love that setup right away. Yes, yeah, and thank you for saying that, because this is what I was going to say before <laughs> about my um, preconcept of this movie was that it was entirely about building the baseball field in the cornfield. Ah, uh, yes. And mm -hmm. the end would be, because uh, I knew Ray Liotta was a baseball player in this movie, at the end, ghost Ray Liotta would come and say hi, you know, and, and that yes. would be that. No, 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 no. I'm totally mistaken, obviously, because the first, like, ten minutes of this movie <laughs> are him building the baseball field. And I'm thinking, well, he's put this baseball field up very quickly. What's the rest of this movie? <laughs> and so, so it becomes, you know, I thought this was just a dreamy baseball movie. Yeah. You know, oh, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be sweet. You know, he's going to feel a bit. You know, he's going to feel fulfilled to see his his baseball heroes or something like that. Yeah. But but it, but it's not that. It's so much more than something like that. It's this whole exploration, like we've said before, of second chances, of, of, of life closure, of uh, kind of, of destiny almost as well, of, of lives that we could have led, of... of grief at certain times yeah. of father-son elements it's so fulfilling in every aspect um for for so many different characters not just for costner and, and um annie his you know his his wife amy madigan madigan yeah um but for Ray Liotta, Shoeless Joe, and the other baseball players, for Burt Lancaster as Doc Graham, um, it's got all these for, for even his father who comes back as a younger version of himself on the baseball yeah. field right at the end. We we know that right at the end of the movie, and we spent the whole movie with. Costner kind of resenting his father for being distant and being kind of somebody he didn't recognize. And yes, and trying to kind of put his baseball dreams onto Kevin Costner and forcing that on him um, is kind of all he really saw of his father, particularly because his yeah. mother died when he was young, so it was just him and his dad. Uh, so it was a very kind of complicated relationship between the two of them. But you have such a complete story here nothing feels nothing feels open-ended when you get to to the to the end of it at all everything is so satisfying and i you know turned it off when i'd finished watching it and just kind of lied there for a little bit <laughs> going oh that was that, i feel kind of good <laughs> yeah um that really did just hit me Yes. Um, because, yeah, you kind of forget, like you just surface level think, OK, it's going to be, you know, if you build it, he will come and he builds, you know, he spends the whole course of the movie trying to figure this out and building the field. And then at the end, it, you know, we get our, you know, ghostly baseball players coming back. Definitely what I thought before going into this movie. 
even kind of having not seen it in a few years, kind of had to remind myself, you know, the sequence of how things happen. Uh, so it's not surprising that that's kind of what you went into the movie thinking. Um, it's and then in three parts, and I almost thought the first part was the whole movie. And, yeah. and, you know, the first act of building the baseball field, having the spirits of Ray Liotta and everybody else come back and, you know, have a bit of a high, oh my God, it's shoeless Joe Jackson, but some people can't see him, but I can see him and you can see him. And yeah, him and his wife and his daughter can see him. And, um, you know, it starts out with just shoeless Joe because he's kind of telling the story of him um to his daughter as he's like plowing you know his cornfield to make the to make the uh baseball field and they're shopping for all of the supplies and as he we're going through this montage of him getting all this stuff together to build this field he's telling his daughter the story of shoeless joe which is telling us the audience this the story so the real story as well because this this is based on real baseball players. yes so then you know he is building this baseball field but he doesn't really know what for so then he's you know sitting in the house his daughter's kind of bugging him trying to get his attention and then ultimately tells him there's a man outside and so that's when he goes out there and that's when he meets shoeless joe and uh you know the daughter can see him the wife can see him he can see him. So we ultimately realize this is kind of, you know, his wife's, you know, blind support paid off. And, you know, you have to be a certain kind of person to believe in what's happening and believe in this magic. Because then I believe her brother comes over with like, you know, his investor and partners or whatever. And because he plowed a whole big chunk of his cornfield, you know, it's, um, you know, not financially stable for them. They could lose their farm and their home and the brother is trying to buy it from them. Um, and obviously they don't want to sell or the bank's going to foreclose. So it's all of this kind of time crunch to figure out what, this voice is asking him to do so that he can do it because he knows it's going to, you know, pay off to something bigger in the end. Um, and, and they give us this kind of ticking clock of the bank and the brother-in-law and all of these people trying to take his farm as well. So it kind of puts this, this pressure cooker on what he has to do. I just wish people in movies would stop being so concerned with the finances of a house or <laughs> how much, you know, you're behind on your bills or what have you, and just go along with the adventure. Yes. Because stop being so stop stop bringing the vibe down yes well this brother Timothy Busfield, he definitely doesn't uh you know meet the vibe check because he can't see uh, you know, the baseball players. Because ultimately, Shoeless Joe brings more players because they want to kind of, you know, get a little rally going. So then we bring more players out. And so, you know, the family just kind of sits every night and watches them kind of play these little practice games. And when Timothy Busfield and his wife come over, they can't see what's happening. The whole game with these great players is happening behind him and he can't see it. So then you get the kind of um setup of the rule that you know you have to kind of believe in this you have to 
um, yeah. you know, believe in the magic to be able to see what is actually happening. Which is uh, always a great concept to have. In yes. A magical movie. Isn't yes. it? Yeah, you, always, you always have some miserable job's worth of a person who only by the end of the movie sees the error of his ways. Yes, and and, and, and uh, finally and sees what's happening. Um yeah. and you know been we too focused on money all the time. Exactly. Money, 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 money. Yes. Also very American. And very another American scene, a, another scene that just breaks my heart that this thing from from this movie is still something we're dealing with in today's society is this kind of big town council meeting where this lady is talking about these books being smut and need to be burned and all of this kind of rhetoric and talk um and the books are from an author uh played by james earl jones character and because we get that little reference in the beginning narration that Kevin Costner and his wife were kind of hippies and free love and all of this kind of thing, they were very much about the books of, of this man and his teachings about peace and make love, not war. And, and so when this lady is prattling on about his books being smut, it needs to be burned. Um, the wife stands up and says, hey, no, his books are preaching great things. And um, the great thing about this country is the freedom to read what you want and, and you know, believe what you want. And you out here trying to burn books and telling people what they can and can't read is completely against the freedom of what this country is. And the fact that this is so topical to today is just incredibly sad. Um, it, it is. It is. Yeah. It, it, evil comes in cycles unfortunately yes. i think and so i love that her and this like book burning lady kind of get into it where they're almost like let's they take do, it yes. outside and how this fight escalates it's a great scene um and, and so we get this set up to to the james earl jones character as kind of this uh great leader of the 60s era in terms of the, the the literature he wrote and we get also kind of a little note that he kind of stopped writing books and nobody's seen him and all of this and so then that plays into kind of this road adventure situation that ultimately happens uh midway through the film yeah and this is this is the second part of the movie that the yes. first part is the building the baseball having all the baseball players come Okay, but then the voice calls back to Kevin Costner, to, to Ray, and yeah. tells him to, ultimately tells him to go and find Terrence Mann, played by James Earl Jones. Yes, and him and his wife have the same dream, that that he is, he is at a baseball game with Terrence Mann, eating a hot dog and all of this stuff. And for him and his wife to have the same exact dream of him in a stadium with this man, so he goes to, to find him. And this is quite funny, where James Earl Jones thinks that he's just trying to kidnap him. <laughs> yeah. And is very, very cantankerous. Very yes, trying to hit him with I don't like this from and... James Earl Jones. <laughs> yes, like, leave me alone. Even... 60s are over. Get out of here, you old hippie. Like, I don't believe in any of this stuff anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, very, he's very good at it. Cantankerous but... is a good word. I, uh, I I prefer James Earl Jones later on in the movie when he warmed somewhat because when it, when he's first introduced in this movie he's 
it took me aback at how James Earl Jones could be so ice cold. Yes, yes. So he ultimately convinces him to go to the stadium with him. And at, when he's at the stadium, he sees, you know, stuff pop up on the screen, like the big jumbo screen. And he hears the voice again. And he turns yeah. to Terrence Mann and says, did you hear that? He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. And he tries to play it off like he didn't hear anything and ultimately so he drops him back at home he asks him again before he drops him off did you hear anything and he like you know acts like he didn't hear anything but then as kevin coster is about to drive away he admits that he did hear the voice as well and so then they he kind stands of right in front of the car he <laughs> almost the car, gets himself yes. run over yes and so then it ultimately becomes this road adventure the two of them trying to figure out the next place they're supposed to go and the next step they're supposed to do based on the clues that they got at this stadium. So it becomes this yeah. kind of adventure with the two of them, which is really fun and kind of unexpected. It's very unexpected. I really did not think Field of Dreams would turn into a Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones like buddy road, road trip movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I had no concept <laughs> of this happening whatsoever. Yeah. I love that it does because they go and stay in these in this kind of small little motel. And I'm wondering what it's now about because it seems like it's been ages since we've been at the baseball field. The actual field of dreams. <laughs> yeah. we, we, you know, right in the middle of this road adventure, it really does feel like a long time, like you say, since we've been at the field of dreams. Yeah. Um which is unusual. You you almost forget that fundamentally it's about bringing Ray Liotta and his baseball teammates back because they're all they're all teammates um, who were suspended after a World Series scandal. Yeah, I think in nineteen nineteen Chicago. Um. So so they they could never play the game they could never play again so it was very hard on them you know obviously based on real people so then you kind of go through the history of what happened to these people and you know it it, it how they describe it because they you know there's moments where we hear them talk about it and you know it was heartbreaking for them and you know uh we have shoeless joe's character talking about you know missing the smell of the field and you know yeah and the grass under his feet and all of this stuff. And, and to hear him describe it, it's incredibly heartbreaking that, um, you know, these men missed out on their dream and could never play again. So it just kind of ups the stakes on why this is so important to, to give them this, this chance. I also think there's something just delightful about early 20th century baseball uniforms with these enormous pants. Yeah, they're so like, big and baggy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just real basic logos on the front of the, yeah. um, the jersey. I, I just think it's I just think it's great. Yeah. It, it does it, for some somehow even that brings me sense of nostalgia. And I didn't grow up with baseball <laughs> or as an American. No, but it's a so, very specific kind of look that you think of, uh, you know, in kind of American history and 
yeah. uh, you know, early baseball and all of that. So, um, well, this, is ultimately... I mean. this, 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 this is what I was talking about with my, my, my British version with Duncan Edwards before yeah. this was, yes. this was what I was talking about. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're on the, the road adventure with James Earl Jones and, and Kevin Costner. They're in Minnesota. Yes, and now, in the clues they led to them to Boston. Yeah, from Iowa to Boston to to get James Earl Jones. Have an argument with James Earl Jones. Threaten to shoot James Earl Jones with a gun that he didn't have. <laughs> yeah, James Earl Jones then nearly beats him to death. Not to death. Then they end up going to to the Red Sox baseball game, having somewhat of a conversation, but also James Earl Jones is a get he's a little bit tired of him still he doesn't really want to be there but he's making the best of it and all that is revealed that they both ended up seeing this message from the voice that was on the jumbo yeah. from yeah at the game and go to minnesota and who is it they are going looking for they're looking for moonlight graham played by Burt Lancaster. So they go to this small town and learn that this, you know, he was like a minor league baseball player. He was great, but he never got the opportunity to play in the big leagues. I did a little bit of looking on on Moonlight Graham. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, I think they say it in this movie. It's so weird. Uh, no, they do say it in this movie. He played one inning of a major league game. Yeah. In in the outfield, never got to bat, never got yeah. an, an at bat, and then was sent back down to the minors straight after. I think it's like the last game of the season or something like that. Yeah. It, how disappointed must you be? Right. Yes. So talk about regrets. Um, but then ultimately, through them being in this town that he's from, they go and ask around about him. And they're like, oh, you mean Doc Graham? And they're like, no, we're looking for Moonlight. Yeah, that's him. And they learned that he was ended up kind of settling in this little town, you know, got married and became the doctor of this town and absolutely like loved helping people, loved his wife. Um, and uh he, they go around asking people about him and they tell him these stories about him. You know, his wife loved blue. So every time he would pass the, the store, um, you know, he would buy another blue hat for his wife. And, um, you know, when he passed, they would, they found in his office, just boxes and boxes of blue hats that he just never got around to giving her. Um, yeah. See, I, I was going to say that the, the, there's <laughs> one small problem here, given the fact that, you know, Moonlight Graham in this movie had died some 15 Soon years. Yes. So they're like, well, what are we going to do now? Because, yeah, he had passed. And so, um, you know, everyone just says these wonderful things about him, that he was a good man and he loved being a doctor. And, you know, he was happy with the life that he ended up with and, and, and loved taking care of people. And, you know, actually in kind of reading a little bit of trivia, they actually talk to two men in a bar who are telling them these stories. And these are actually men who knew the real person and the stories that they're telling about him about the blue hats and all of this stuff were actually real. 
Um, so, so that was really kind of great to find out that, you know, this was a real man who, you know, real people really loved and he loved his life in this little town and being this doctor. Uh, so, uh, then there's a moment where, uh, Kevin Costner does get a call from his wife and she tells him that, you know, they're going to foreclose on the farm and you need to get home and all of this. And so he walks outside to leave the hotel and then he walks into another time and yes <laughs> and we see him pass somebody on the street and one of the stories somebody said was he always walked with an umbrella and i might now start walking <laughs> with an umbrella yeah and you know he looks at the marquee of the theater and it's playing an old movie and you know so he realizes he's not in the same time and he turns and he sees just this shadowy figure walking with an umbrella and he goes to meet him and it turns out it is in fact Moonlight Graham. And, you know, it's Burt Lancaster and, you know, it's Dr. Him, older him, you know, going for a little stroll. And, you know, people told him, yes, he would go walking at night when he couldn't sleep and, you know, he'd be carrying his umbrella with him and, uh, so then he kind of walks and talks with him. They go to his office and they have this conversation where he kind of talks about his life. And uh, yeah, Burt Lancaster very much. I don't know why I didn't expect him. I, I expected like his acting to be a different or something. But like in his movies, he talks very fast. Like, you know, his line delivery is very snappy. And very fast talking. And I'm Brent Lancaster. Like, you know, and he was he doing that. Not always. It's I not always, it always, but it's a very distinct way of talking. And I don't know yeah. why I didn't expect that. So when he was doing it here, I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking like, you know, how I'm used to hearing him talk. I was just like, it just made me kind of chuckle because I don't know that I was expecting that. And he was just, oh my gosh, it's him. Like, and he had this little mustache and yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I, I would just like to say how great of an entrance Burt Lancaster has yes. into this movie. And I was getting a little bit, not 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 upset. Upset's the wrong word. What what is the right word, Janine? I was getting concerned okay. while watching the movie. As though, you know, thinking to myself, when Well, Burt Lancaster is supposed to be in this movie. Where is Where Bert is he? Yes. But he What's gets some good on? he gets some good juicy little segments, memorable moments here. One hundred percent he does. I would just like to point out, when he does show up, this whole entrance scene, the fact that Costner walks out of that room into 1972 is yeah. wonderful to begin with, because yeah. it, it's just something totally out of nowhere. It's almost like something out of some sort of strange horror movie. Because it's very dark, it's very foggy. There's little yeah, it almost light. looks like that image of the Exorcist, like it, it's a little <laughs> bit of the, like the Exorcist poster because Burt Lancaster's wearing this hat and, and the overcoat and everything. And it's like, like a that. foggy he's bag, street he's shadow, yeah, foggy street shadows, and he's just walking. And there's only the two of them on this yeah. street, and he's walking closer. Costner's calling out to him. And the close, the just just the close up turn 
Yeah. Uh, but, um, um, just to see see seeing old Burt Lancaster. Yeah. It's the oldest I've ever seen Burt Yes, exactly. Place. So it was very much like, you know, that's why I was so excited about this series because it's like we are so used to seeing these actors one way. So I was really curious to see them in their later years still, you know, doing it, still acting. And so I was really curious oh. to see like his performance and how he was going to act. And if, you know, he had a different kind of style going into this and just seeing him older generally, I was really like curious. So yeah, when he turned and it was him and that, it was like, it was like a welcome sight. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you kind of thing. Not just a welcome <laughs> sight. But he turns, he has, he does, you are, you, you're right in saying he has the lovely little moustache mm -hmm. that he's got in this movie that he rarely had in the past. Yeah. But grew a moustache in later life for some time, clearly, which is nice. But there's such, uh, I, I got such a warmth yes. from old Burt yes. Lancaster. Just in, in, and I mean in that, Instantly, instant, yeah, instantly. When he turns around in that moment, the 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 unmatched twinkle in his eye that he always had, anyway. Whenever he smiled, yeah, he, he just has this tiny little twinkle in the corner of his eye. Got it in this movie as soon as he turned around, and I felt, oh, now I'm now I'm comfortable watching yeah. this. Movie. Yeah, I had the biggest stupidest beam on my face, and it was. Uh, the one of two times in this movie that made uh, me begin to tear up because I think that's a perfectly valid response yes. in Field of Dreams. Um, but no, the, 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 his entrance is great. You, you get such a, a wisdom, I think, from his version of, of Doc Graham in the movie the, this conversation that you were speaking about that he has with with ray with costner um about his past about him being moonlight graham the minor league baseball player who never quite got there got there but never quite got there properly yeah. and he you know he's saying yeah look i would have liked to have a chance at bat in the well, yeah. Room. No, he asks him, like, what What would your one wish be? Kevin Costner yeah. asks him, yeah. And he's perfectly happy with his life. Mm -hmm. You know, Doc Graham at this point, perfectly happy, as you've said, being this community doctor, helping so, all these people, helping so many people. And, you know, kind of Ray's thinking it over, going, well, look, if... if he had have been that, and it comes up later on again in the movie. If Doc Graham hadn't become Doc Graham, had he have stayed Moonlight Graham, then look at all these other people's lives that people would have died, children would have died, you know, he, they would, this community wouldn't have had such this central figure in their lives. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's just a different path of life that if he had have gotten the chance at an at bat, perhaps he'd got a he. You know, he had gotten a he hit would have gotten yeah, and therefore had have stayed perhaps in the major leagues, become a baseball player in the major leagues, and Wouldn't never have become, become a doctor. Yeah, 
So it's these it's these thought processes as well that go on in this movie that I just loved about it so much. Um, and these these conversations that he has with, with Burt Lancaster are so great because even Kevin Costner at the height of Kevin Costner, which I think is probably the late 80s, to be honest with you, the late 80s and early yeah. 90s, surely must have been acting alongside Burt Lancaster going, oh, this is, this is heavy. intimidating, you know, yeah. This, this, is, this is a lot. Yeah. Because um, let's, I mean, I don't think Kevin Costner's a small man, but Burt Lancaster would tower above most men. Yes. As well, in terms Very of tall, height. athletic, yes. So <laughs> it's, I, I loved him in this movie for, for me wanting him to be in the movie a little bit more than he was. Yeah, definitely. And he certainly comes back later on in a very emotional poignant, way yeah. as well. Very poignant way. Um, he he has such an impact on the ideas of this movie, the themes of this movie, the point of this movie. That, you know, to call Field of Dreams a Burt Lancaster movie is not unwarranted. Yeah, because he, his scenes are very memorable um, and really hit you in the feels. And I don't know if it's just us that felt it a little bit more because, you know, we're just so excited to see him, somebody that we talk about so much and have enjoyed their work. And like I said, are used to seeing them in a very specific way and to kind of see them in this other vein still being amazing uh, is kind of a special thing. So yeah, it was really great to see him. Um, so ultimately, yeah, he talks about being content with his wife and life in this small town and, and yeah, kind of driving that point home that had he, made it to the majors he wouldn't have been able to help as many people as he was able to um and just being content but would have loved to kind of you know have that at bat and wink you know and show show those you know the big leagues that he could do it just once yeah, just he, once he asks all he asked for is just once and this is what he said you just once one at bat stare down a major league pitcher and give him a wink right when he's about to start his wind up just to put yeah. him off Yes. And yeah, so all he asked for, all his wish would have been when, when he's asked is to have that one moment and that's really it. So, you know, that's kind of what they needed to do was to talk to him and, and get his story. And so they head back home and on the way they end up picking up a young man <laughs> yes, who, they do. who is happy to go as far as Iowa. And it turns out this happens to be the spirit of a young uh, Moonlight Graham. Um, so they take him to go play on the field with the the other guys. And at this point now, they've gotten a whole other team. So now they can actually play real games. Uh, and all this is going on. But here's obnoxious Timothy Busfield now um, trying to, you know, take their house and take their farm and putting all this pressure on them. Cause you know, if you don't sign this deal with me and my partners, the bank is going to foreclose on your house tomorrow. And so the family is literally like, no, we're not selling. We're not selling to you. Leave us alone. Like we're it'll work itself the game. out. We're watching the game. And he's like, what are you talking about? You people are crazy. 
and uh terrence is there as well so he's like he's able to see everything and he's getting really yeah. excited and and just awestruck at, at what's happening in front of him uh moonlight joins the team and is is getting his chance to play you know with these you know big time players uh i'd like to point out just how scrawny frank whaley looks as as moonlight yeah he Ray definitely Graham. is not <laughs> does not equate to a young burt lancaster because that's the whole no. point of us doing this movie is to call back to the wonderful young version of burt lancaster so the fact that he is definitely not a young Burt Lancaster is just kind of hilarious. And the fact that like we're talking about how well we know what Burt Lancaster looks like. So we are very much like, no, it doesn't quite work, but okay. But he passes <laughs> off perfectly. For the purposes of it, he passes off perfectly yeah. as a complete rookie kid in front just of excited all these to be there. Yeah. baseball you know, heroes of the of the yes. day. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a it's a lovely scene, really, where they end up playing this full game. We finally see Shoeless Joe again from you know, Rayleigh Otter actually comes back with these ridiculous eyes that Rayleigh Otter I mean Rayleigh Otter's piercing, eyes were always piercing, yeah. very piercing, but in this movie seemingly more so whether it's the floodlights of the baseball field <laughs> doing it to his eyes yeah. and the fact that a lot of it's in this kind of semi-darkness yeah. around you know dusk time maybe um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're popping yeah really blue eyes in this movie yes really really does some stare downs um and we also get kind of the other rule of of the field as well that these players can't really leave you know so no, no, we no, always no. see them kind of walk to the barrier of the field and they never go past that point um so ultimately timothy busfield won't shut up won't leave them alone keeps bugging them to sell to him and his partners and then karen their daughter says you know people will come people will come they'll, they'll want to see these players play they'll they'll want to see the magic you know, and we could, they can buy tickets and come and that will fix the problem. And Timothy Busfield, he can't see what's happening. And so he thinks she's just being some dumb kid. So he grabs her while she's eating a hot dog and is like shaking her. And so then it turns into this let go of my daughter situation. And Karen falls off the bleachers and is unconscious. And so they don't know what to do. And the parents are panicking and you know uh moonlight sees what's going on and he gets to kind of the barrier of the field and he hesitates for a minute and then he just walks across and turns back into doc doc graham yeah. old burt lancaster to save karen and ultimately she fell and was choking on her hot dog so he ends up saving her so he gives up this eternal wonder of playing with the big you know, with the big leagues to... Yeah, because he can't to, go to, back. Yes, because once he leaves the field, you can't go back. And so he knows that it's over for him, but he gives that up to do what he has loved doing, helping people and being this doctor. So he ultimately... It's a beautiful moment because it just illustrates 
what a great person he is. It illustrates that he, you know, even though he didn't get to fully live his dream, he he's it's more important him to him the life that he had, the life that he ended yeah. up with. He goes back to what he loved, which was being a doctor and helping people. So he gives all that up to help somebody one last time. But he also got his chance to play with his heroes as well. So yeah, he, no, got he, got, he got his one chance like he wanted, but then ultimately ended this spiritual journey for himself doing what he loved to do, which was being this doctor, yeah. being Doc Grant and helping somebody. But, but I, I love it and I love this the 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 actual baseball game that they that they play in itself because you see young Moonlight go up yeah. for for his first at bat and Rayleigh Otter's you know egging him on shoeless Joe's going mm-hmm. not this kid don't worry about this you know this this picture's gonna be nasty to you and Moonlight gives the picture a little wink right when he's starting yeah. and he's putting his wind up like he always wanted to and the picture goes for his head straight yeah. up just goes for his head and he has to duck out of the way and he's feeling intimidated you know this big hulking yeah. major league picture man but Joe gives him some advice him and yeah shoeless Joe keeps giving him some advice and he ends up getting I think a sacrifice fly so yeah. makes, a, makes a good play yeah. brings home a run well done. Well, yes. well, well, well done. Yes. And, and yeah, when, you know, they are kind of telling him, well, you know, you can't come back. And he's like, I know, you know, he's very okay with his decision. And as he walks back across the field as Burt Lancaster back to kind of the cornfield of heaven. <laughs> um, the cornfield of heaven. That's what it is. Yeah, He's getting all of these pats on the back. He's getting all these players telling him how great he was. And, you know, he did a good job, kid. And all of all of these great accolades he's getting as he kind of makes his his passage on. And so it's well, such no, it's the a- last one. It's the last <laughs> one when Ray Liotta turns and just said, you a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. little <laughs> old Burt Lancaster <laughs> just, just gives this innocent little smile and just yes goes, oh my gosh yes that got me that got me for sure walks, walks into the cornfield of heaven and then it's it's a similar situation with james earl jones as well yeah. here now who who gets invited by the players and you know and, and shoeless jones to, to go. join them yeah join them um, in the cornfield <laughs> Join them in, in the cornfield of heaven, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not specified. It's not like join us in the no. cornfield of heaven. It's they just, don't say that. Do you just want to see? Do you want to see what's over there? Like, they kind of say. You want to see what's going? You want to see what's coming? You want to uh, see what all this is about? Yes. And uh, Kevin Costner gets kind of pissed off. He's like, I he built this gets for very you. Annoyed. I did everything you asked me to do when I don't get to come. And he's like, no, it's like, it's not your time to come. And then I love that he kind of gets this kind of slap in the face in terms of like his motivations because he gets kind of petulant about it like i did all of this and i don't get anything i don't get to see and i did not like this from 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 ray at this point in the movie yes very entitled and yes and so joe has to tell him so is that why you did it is that why you did all this to to, for you to get something out of this 
and he kind of calls him out for like did you ultimately do this for selfish motivations and then it mm. like it, it it makes ray take pause and like have to think about oh uh, yeah, he, uh. Tur he turns around <laughs> with his tail between his legs then, yeah yes and you know it, it's because you know terrence is older he's lived his life we met him at a time where he was kind of done with all of these uh big ideas that he had and this kind of took him back and, and it's basically kind of what karen was saying like her whole big idea people will come seeing these gangs will take them back to their childhood to being a kid again like karen has all this insight about what this whole field and seeing these players makes people feel particularly people who love the game um that you know it'll make people feel like a kid again it'll, it'll help people recapture this lost youth this lost uh lost hope and dream kind of idea it'll help them recapture that and so that's what terrence is kind of ready for he's older so they're kind of inviting him to to go and he's ready to go you know he's been kind of living this isolated life closed off yeah. from all of these great big ideas and these inspirations and hopes that he had for himself um and so he's kind of he got all of that back by just being here going on this journey with ray and and seeing these games and seeing these these people these players you know, he gets transported back to to this kind of uh, wonder, this childlike wonder and thinking about his dreams and hopes. So he's ready. He's completely ready to go with them. Yeah. So and the question the question does get brought up in the movie of if is this heaven? You know, or, or yeah. what is heaven? Because obviously it seems pretty heavenly what's going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and Shoeless Joe, I think, actually is the one who responds by saying something along the lines of, it's a form of heaven. It's it's our heaven. It's what we yeah. want. Yeah. It's the best possible place. It's like, oh, yeah, there's there's a heaven. It's not heaven. It's but just it's a baseball ours. field for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all we need, which is why yes. we're here, which is why we came. But yeah. It's not even... You know, if you build it, he will come. Well, it's not necessarily about shoeless Joe Jackson, is it? Yeah. The concept of if you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come. As spoken by the voice, who in the credits, by the way, is credited as himself. The voice. <laughs> it, it just says the voice himself. himself. Okay. So who the voice is, I don't know. No, yeah. That's beside um, the point. And I believe it's Terrence who says, you know, Karen's right. People will come, you know, they'll, or, or um, you know, they'll be, they'll turn in, into your driveway and not even realize why they'll hand yeah. over the money without even thinking about it because this is magical. This is recapturing dreams. This is taking people back to their childhoods and those memories and they'll you know they'll pay you for that without even a thought and you know so terrence kind of reminds him of that fact and then this is kind of at the moment when you know timothy busfield he can now see kind of what's going on and oh, so he yes. he very much is like oh my gosh yes we will, we'll, da, da, da. and so he you know he's he, like ray, ray you're not selling this farm you're not selling this no farm at all. <laughs> yes keep the farm yeah. Um, um, and and Terrence. 
he says, Terrence goes he with that. them. A, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a wonderfully poignant thing yeah. for, for for you know Terrence for James Earl Jones to leave us on is that idea of people just coming without even knowing it speaks to that American mythology of of of, of baseball and hopes and dreams. I spoke about before and 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 the dreams. Yeah. Um. It it's it's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. It really really is. Absolutely. Then punched you right in the mouth in a good way. <laughs> yes. By. If you build it, he will come. Not being about Shoeless Joe Jackson. No. Being about the catcher of the baseball team, who yeah. you always saw, obviously, behind the mask. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't know who it is. Take this guy. is the last one on the field. He takes his mask off. Oh, my God. That's my father. Yeah. And then it all gets, and then I'm sat there watching the movie going, oh dear, it gets even more intense now. Yes, and so now he, it's him seeing this young idealistic version of his father that he never got to see and getting this whole other perspective understanding of him. And it kind of just, it's what he needed to kind of get that closure with these feelings he had about his father. And you know, they have this moment and he meets Karen. So it's like he's getting to meet his granddaughter without really knowing it. And uh, then they kind of just have this moment, the two of them. And ultimately kind of end things playing catch together. And, and I know just, it's sappy. I know it's, it's so sappy, sappy it's but it works so well. Like I got so emotional. 35-year-old Kevin Costner going, Dad, can we have a we just, cat? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's legit. He says it with a tear in his eye. Never mind a tear in my eye. Yeah. He said, Dad, could we have a catch? He just said, you know, his his father turns around. Yeah, I, I'd like that. So he, he must know he's his, he's his father now, I guess. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he gets that sense and he kind of looks like, oh, okay. And so as they're having this game of catch back and forth, we kind of pan out and we see uh, cars lined all the way down the interstate headed to the field of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it is. It's so, it's so sappy, but yeah. it's so perfect. Yeah. I, I did not envision myself loving this movie quite as intense yes, as I yes. did doing. Yeah. Um, Very emotional. I, I, get it. I get it now. I get what all those you know, American dads have been saying <laughs> for years. How Field of Dreams is the dad movie for the US. Yeah. And yeah. obviously Field of Dreams is the <laughs> dad movie for the US. Yes. How could it not be what a, what an excellent movie! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, unbelievable stuff. Yes, that's great. But, but everything, everything about it can't fault. Can't fault it for a second, Janine. Yay. Really can't. Yes, different absolutely. to what I thought. Different to what I thought it was going to be, and wonderfully so. And that's kind of the best way. 
when yeah. it comes to Morton hasn't seen. I think uh, you you all, I always have these uh, preconceived notions about you do maybe, um, and when it uh, when it puts a spin on that, that then makes the movie feel better to me or feel more impactful yeah. to me and really hits me in something like this. I mean, not every movie has this emotional capacity. Not every movie wants to have this level of emotional capacity. That's yeah. not the point. But when something like it does and nails it, it becomes a Morgan hasn't seen favourite. And I think Field of Dreams is right up there with, with the Morgan hasn't seen favourites of the past. Nice. Okay. Very much to hear so. that. Yay. Well, yes, one half of Burt Lancaster week done and dusted. Janine, as you said earlier on in the show, we will be talking Sorry Wrong Number from 1948 with Burt Lancaster and Barbara Stanwyck yeah. on Friday's main show, celebrating old movies, discovering new old movies that we love to do over on the main show on a Friday. Subscribe to this podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts on all major podcast platforms for both shows, of course. And, of course, subscribe and ding your notification bell on the It's Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel as well. If you haven't watched last week's 250th episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen, you can go and do that over on the YouTube channel. Leave your likes, leave your thoughts over there, and check out all the bunch of other things we do have over yeah. there as well. If you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any way, there are links in the description of this episode to go and do that. We can't do what we do without that generous support. We love all our It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons dearly. Of course we do. You can, of course, just also find us. How many times have I said of course in this uh, <laughs> oh, by the way? I've just clocked that in my own head. Um, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, at It's a Wonderful One. You can find me on Twitter, at The Purple Dawn, with a three instead of the E in the because Janine. There is a magic number. On Instagram, TikTok, and threads, at The Purple Dawn. All your baseball Lancaster loving, that didn't make any sense, <laughs> um, is where... <laughs> you can find me at Janine Devine underscore on Twitter, Janine Devine on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, just check the description for the link or search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. I'm going to give you three choices, Janine. Oh, goodness. <laughs> choices. I either want your lovely impression of the way Burt Lancaster speaks. Um, baseball announcer or Kevin Costner narration. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. All these choices are great. Um, <laughs> so... I grew up in a small town, and a uh, three, and a two, and a one. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.